Teach Me Something, the podcast where I indulge my own curiosity and learn some new things that I can then share with you. I'm Melissa. And I'm Everett. And we are joined for a third episode in a row by Warren, European history aficionado. And all-around cool guy. It's kind of like your hat trick. I missed that part from your lower third. What's it called? Byline? No. What do you call that little lower caption? Third. You just call it lower third. third. Yeah. Okay. I thought I was wrong. You were right. You should have just rolled with it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's my biggest uh, flaw. Stop in the middle because I think I'm wrong. We're still talking about King Henry VIII this episode. But, uh, well, I mean, he had kind of a disproportionate effect, I feel, on the history of England. Um, Maybe of Europe. Well, he's proportionate to his body mass, I'm sure. (laughs) Right. I actually have his mass written down here. Do you know how much you... Anyway, we'll get to it. No, I don't. We'll get to it. Don't even ask me that. Um, So I thought... uh, 22 stone. You'll see. Okay, I'll see. We'll get there. Anyway, so yeah, disproportionate effect on history, so it's only fair maybe he gets three whole episodes. A disproportionate amount of my podcast. Fair so that's what I decided. So, but we're done talking about, you know, Henry's life. We we ended last episode with the part where he died. He died. If you weren't there. That's usually time. the end of your life. It um, is, yeah. Yeah. Usually. Usually. Not always, if you're Baron Samity. Yeah, or a zombie. I like yeah. voodoo better. Yeah. Okay, that works. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, so this episode will solely be about answering the question, what the heck was wrong with Henry VIII? Okay. Me- medically nice. speaking, in medical terms. The three okay. of us are going to figure it out. Um, mm-hmm. I, yeah. By which I mean Melissa will yeah. have figured it out, and I'll make dumb jokes. When I say answering, I mean theorizing. Pontificating? Uh, no, not hmm. pontificating. No? No. Okay. I don't think that's the right descriptor. I thought it was. I don't know. Would you would you say that fits the situation yes. about theorizing medical diagnoses? Yeah, because you know we're talking about the pontiff, so we're pontificating, sort of. <laughs> yeah. Sounds right. like the right verb. We yeah. can go with it. Okay. Nice. We're agreed then. Okay. Well, how about you teach me something? So quickly to recap, we are talking in the last few episodes about how much Henry's personality changed after he turned forty. Uh, Lacey Baldwin-Smith, who is a biographer of Henry VIII, describes Henry, when he's younger, as a man of honor, a warrior knight, and a noble gentleman. In his later years, though, he, quote, became the most dangerous kind of tyrant, secretive, neurotic, and unpredictable. Um, As another historian says, quote, Henry's is a life which naturally falls in halves. Apologists and critics have been struggling to penetrate the ambivalence of Henry's personality. Two images keep merging and reappearing. The angelic-faced athlete who inherited a brimming treasury, a stable throne, and a boundless good health, and the Henry of later years who died degenerate in both body and soul. Ouch. Mm. I like yeah. that Degenerate in soul. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a harsh. Word. That's I mean, a burn. He's not wrong. It's a lot of blood well, on his I mean, his that's hands. why you found your own, your own religion, so you get to decide whether your soul yeah, is degenerate exactly. or not. Exactly. Yeah. And change your mind about it whenever you feel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, of course, the question is, why? Like, why was there such a big change? And why did his physical health also kind of fall off a cliff so rapidly after his 40th birthday as well? Um, like, you know, during the first four decades, physically, we know he was very healthy, very robust, like, often active. And then after 40, he just rapidly started becoming more bedridden, less exercise. And by the time he was 45, he was very noticeably unhealthy. Um a few of his most documented problems were obesity, which sure. we've kind of alluded to. Leg mm-hmm. ulcers, depression, mood swings, loss of mobility, recurrent headaches, fevers, and a general malaise. Mm-hmm. Um, and a bad time, as some might say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't sound fun. Uh, and, and I think the biggest question that I had and other historians have been ignoring 
is if his issues sarring children can be connected to those mental or physical health struggles. Sure. Um, so as we said last episode, his six marriages produced only three living children. Um, well, and Edward didn't even last that long. Exactly. Yeah. He died in his teens. Yeah. Henry died as a young man. Well, that's not one of his merit. We'll get to that one. <laughs> to be Unofficial fair. Unofficial children. Yeah. Let's, let's be fair to Henry here. Jane Seymour died before they could try for a second child. Uh, he never consummated his fourth marriage. And it is quite likely he didn't or couldn't have sex with his sixth wife either. So, so we're down to three Basically. I mean, that's still a lot. Three is still a lot of wives. Yes. Generally, yeah. And mm-hmm. it is quite notable. Even in that era. Yeah, it's also quite notable his reproductive efforts outside of marriage were also not successful. Um, because, I mean, Henry... Henry I mean, uh, if you're doing outside of marriage, is it really a reproductive effort or is it just an effort for something else? You don't think Henry was trying to have offspring with his mistresses, with his desperation for a male heir? No. I I think he was pretty desperate for... I think that he was going for it. Just having a good old time. As you do. You're the king. He was pretty (laughs) focused on having an heir, though. Specifically. We spent two episodes talking about this. But you don't have too many heirs. Just just remember. Yeah, you don't want to pull out Edward III. That's true. Um, So something that was notable about Henry was for a king, he had pretty few mistresses. Mm. Oh. But he was a king. So he did Indeed. have some. But yeah. yeah, no, Henry was remarkably loyal to his wives for the time and for the fact that he was a king. Let's just say it that way. Sure. Um, only one of those women is definitely known to have had any children by him. And that was just the one child, right? So Bessie Blunt had young Henry. Yep. Who died as a young man. In his late teens, early 20s. I, I forget the exact age, but, you know, he died young as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, very similar to his first two wives, who have a really, really similar obstetric history, those first two wives. They both had n- number of stillbirths and miscarriages and neonatal deaths. Um, so it seems plausible that something about Henry himself is the reason he was having a bad time having kids. Yeah, I mean, if I was coding and debugging my code, I would find a uh, theme well, amongst a the object called Henry. <laughs> what a nerd. Yeah, wow, but get you, out of here. You probably don't code misogynistically. Uh, it's, it's true. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I do. <laughs> Maybe I should try just to see how it goes. I'm not... Nowhere was I suggesting that. I was just suggesting history maybe has a bit mm. of a bias towards women being the problem. Fair enough. And yes, a true. lack of medical knowledge. You know, there's a few things, but... That yeah. is a dangerous combination. Yeah. And um, to expand just on pregnancy in this time period, why is it a big deal? Like, people have miscarriages all the time these days, right? We know this. It is very common for pregnancy to end in miscarriage. We think maybe 50% of pregnancies end in miscarriage. We think. Really? Most pregnancies, those are early before they're detectable. It's called a chemical miscarriage. There oh. is fertilization, but it doesn't, you know, work out. Whatever. I see. 20% in the first trimester, you know, that we know about, like a little bit later miscarriage. We know that stuff now. We're not talking about that because back in this time, it's not like there's an ultrasound. It's not like yeah. there's a pregnancy test. You don't know you're pregnant until what's called the quickening. Right? Until the woman is, is feeling the baby moving inside of her. She might suspect oh. something if her period stop, But her period could stop because she's malnourished. Or sick. I bet or stressed. Or whatever, yeah. right? Those things did exist at that time, too. Right. Yes. Or some women's periods don't stop when they're pregnant. They still have a small amount of blood. You know, there's just all sorts of reasons you couldn't know you were pregnant until you felt... Well, women are really fascinating creatures, aren't they? <laughs> Almost like they're all different. Wow. <laughs> Shocking. What a revelation. <laughs> I've learned so much and it's only been less than 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyways, the quickening is going to happen for most women in weeks like 16 to 24 out of a 40-week pregnancy. So at this point in history, if we're already aware someone is pregnant and then we're saying they had a miscarriage. Right. That is a late miscarriage. That is four or five months, six months in. That is unusual that is not common that would be unusual even in this day like we know that that's weird 
That doesn't happen all the time. And if it does happen, it doesn't keep happening to the same women without a reason. Like, right. there is a reason. This isn't just... And it's unlikely that the all the women had a reason of their own. Yeah, like all the reasons they gave. Because yeah. I was so upset that my husband fell off a horse this one time. <laughs> like what Anne said that one time. Yeah. You know. Um, <laughs> it's a real emotional blow to my womb. <laughs> that used to be one of the common reasons that they would give for miscarriage. Did you upset the delicate flower of a woman? Then she had a miscarriage and it's your fault. Oh, um, actually, no, it's her fault, but yeah. let's just not go there. Uh, so there's lots of theories about what's going on with Henry. I mean, this is a time when the doctors practice medical astrology based on the four humors, which was a few episodes ago, if you want to learn all about that wonderful time period of medicine. Um, hygiene, it's not great. Nutritional knowledge. It's also not nil. great. Not great. Uh, so could the explanation just be some aging dude with a lack of health care? Maybe. Could the personality changes be explained away by saying the power just went to his head? Or he was in a lot of pain, so he became grumpier. And grumpy people cut everyone's heads off. I don't know. <laughs> grumpy people make bad kings. <laughs> Alternatively, hmm. some historians argue, again, there's nothing wrong with him. It's just the changing circumstances and threats to his rule pushed him to becoming a ruthless monarch. And... He was already a narcissistic bully, maybe, but he was catered to and people were nice enough to him that it didn't become an issue until someone stood up to him, like Katharina, when she was like, no thank you to his uh, gentle request to annul their marriage. Mm. Gentle, yes. Gen very gentle, gentle. In, in air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but let's, uh, let's just pursue the path and the assumption that a change did in fact take place um, caused by a mental or physical problem. And if we go with that assumption, what are the possibilities? So let's get this one out of the way. Mm -hmm. Right from the start, mm -hmm. Henry mm -hmm. VIII did not have syphilis. Mm. Okay, great. This was the first line of the first chapter of the reference book I wrote. Because you, it's... You wrote? Wow. Oh, wow. Good for, I didn't realize and, we were... Uh, wow. When I say wrote, author. I mean to say read. Uh, very similar words. Yes. And, Basically uh, the same. They're kind of like opposite words. And that's why my brain Opposite, but related. That's why they're similar. There's probably a word for that. For what? Opposite, but similar? Yeah, probably. Like, like you know, how jumbo shrimps and oxymoron and things yeah. that... Anyways, before we go down a lexicographer... Lexic, lexiconical? Wormhole? Lexiconical. Is that like the lexicon, but Lex in, in a nice, like, cone... Lexicographer? No. Oh, no. That, that's the person. That's a person, yeah. Anyways, whatever. Um, what were you saying, Melissa? To redo that, I read this book. I read mm -hmm. this book that someone else wrote, and the first line was about syphilis because everyone still thinks it's true. Right. Including me. I didn't really know if it was true or not, but I, I had never heard that it was not true, for sure. But it is it's not true. It's a reasonable true. starting place. Um, yeah. yeah. I Even mean, if it's it, wrong. If it was just syphilis, uh, the podcast episode would be over now. Oh, so great. you're kind oh, of it's efficient. like it's like a Law and Order episode where the first person they interview you're like you didn't do it or else the show would be over now. Like I, um, I already know you couldn't have done it. Right. Anyway, to be fair, I could see myself using this as an excuse to just do a whole episode on syphilis, but that's not what I'm doing to you. So okay, fine. Um, <laughs> I will one that day. That would be an interesting episode. I would do it. I I love to talk holes about in brains biology. Is fun. <laughs> um, that's syphilis, right? It puts uh, the holes in your brain. Uh, holes? No, yeah. I. I Sure. Plaques. I mean, okay. I, I list this, the symptoms of syphilis later if we want to discuss Oh, I see. Bit. Okay. But, I'll wait for um, that. The idea yeah. that he had syphilis is first mentioned in 1888 to explain his personality change and his disappointing reproductive record. There was a theory that uh, encompassed both of those things. Um, but... In 1931, it was debunked very convincingly by Frederick Chamberlain. What? Well, I was going to say, if he had syphilis, I guess he could have syphilis before the more outward mm, signs of it came to be in his 40s. No. <laughs> well, I was going to say, if he was having troubles with reproduction no. early, could yeah. he have technically, theoretically had syphilis and just like it not have presented in a way that everybody would have noticed? No. No. Okay. Great. I'm, I'm, I'm about to... 
promise you I'm about to explain. Well, okay, how to know who Frederick Sh- Chaplain is? Chamberlain? No. Chamberlain? No, I wow. just wanted to give credit to the man that convincingly debunked this okay. theory. Okay, just, just check it. Just check yeah. it. Yeah. So, he argued, for syphilis to have affected Katharina of Aragorn's... Is it Aragorn? Aragorn or Aragorn. 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 Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. For a second, I was like, oh no, did I mistake Lord of the Rings? Yes, nope. this no. is not Middle Trust Earth. Trust me, I'm, I'm the <laughs> expert. I'll be all over that if you make a mistake. <laughs> Thank you. Um, anyways, for it to have affected her pregnancies, he would have had to be affected by 1509 mm-hmm. he died in 1547 so mm-hmm. if he had syphilis that whole time he would have had it for at least 38 years right late stage or tertiary syphilis starts presenting 10 to 30 years after you're infected and the signs would have been impossible to miss so it can cause you know all sorts of mental issues like dementia and memory like memory impairment cognitive just all sort of cognitive issues headaches vision hearing damage muscle weakness trouble movement just like they they knew what it looked like kings as you know have a lot of attention on them yeah including yes, a yes, lot indeed. of advisors and a lot of doctors doctors at this time were very very aware of syphilis it was referred to as the great pox which is indeed where they got the name smallpox from later when they found another pox that made smaller sores. Mm. When you get syphilis, you're going to see the sores to your question. You first see the sores. Yeah. Then there's other symptoms you see. Then it can go latent and then you can get tertiary syphilis. You don't just like automatically get it in 30 years. You can get it or you don't. But no, they would have seen, is my point, is Frederick Chamberlain's point, is they would have seen if he had syphilis they knew what it looked like um and the courtiers who helped him with his dressing and bathing and toileting would have definitely noticed them as well like there's no real possibility here that it was missed also the most common treatment for syphilis in the tudor period was large quantities of meat mercury nailed it yeah oh that's much less healthy I mean, not that meat is <laughs> well, is particularly healthy, but mercury is definitely less healthy. Yeah, right. It's hard to be less healthy than mercury, I think. Well, doctors have plutonium. tried through history. Plutonium, <laughs> <laughs> large helpings of plutonium. Those ladies that licked their radioactive paintbrushes. Yeah, you're. Mary yeah. Curie. No. no, the clockmaker, the watchmakers that made those glow-in-the-dark watches, and they had to lick the paintbrush, get a fine point, and paint the paint on, and then With they all got radium cancer. paint. Or all got a... Oh, dear. Okay, never mind. You don't know that story. I'm I so sorry know. to go off on a tangent. Maybe one day we'll tell that story, but people <laughs> people probably know it. Anyways, there's no record Henry was ever prescribed mercury medically. None of his wives, none of his mistresses, none of his children have ever been prescribed mercury from a physician that we know of. Right. Um, speaking of his kids, none of his surviving children showed signs of congenital syphilis, which is what they would have had if the king had infected their mother with syphilis. And it's not like they used condoms, obviously. So she would have had it. <laughs> yeah, um, makes sense. The, the last damning piece of evidence is that people just would have known, okay? So here's an example. King Francis... I mean, the, the French would have had a field day with that. Yeah. King Francis I, who ruled France... I had to, I had to interrupt you. At the, time, at the time Henry ruled England, um, is known to have been diagnosed with syphilis and recorded treatments of mercury and... Chinese wood, whatever oh, that is. Chinese I tried to Google wood. what bamboo? Chinese wood would have been during the time. Nah, I doubt it was bamboo. Mm, okay, seems like it would be bamboo though. I bet it was something from an animal. It felt like it could. I mean, good guess. They wouldn't. I don't bet they wouldn't even know what bamboo was. Chinese wood. I bet they'd never even seen China. Yeah, probably not. Nobody's seen China. Sorry, I thought you were about to say the Chinese didn't know what bamboo. I was really confused. Oh, they I was probably like, I'm pretty no, sure no, they, they knew what they, bamboo they, they, was. Yeah, yeah. Bamboo is just not one of their traditional like medicine things as much as other substances are so sure who knows what it would have been but the point is that the european courts were as gossipy as any high school Mm, yeah i believe it juicy gossip that the king of england had syphilis would have spread like wildfire just like the gossip that the king of france had syphilis which did spread and everyone knew it sure so anyways all of this kind of shows us that he, he he didn't have syphilis Okay. And we've known it since 1931. Okay. So that myth refuses to die. Yeah. That's funny. (laughs) It is funny. Well, the reason it sticks around is because there's this image of him as a, as a, as a, as a Lothario, as a playboy that slept around. A what? 
Yeah. Lothario? Is that not another word for I've, I've a never, playboy? I've never heard that word. Yeah, I haven't either. I'm willing to trust you, though. I thought I was right. I don't know. I, I mean, thought that you was probably a are right. I, for... I've, I've never heard that before. Yeah. Okie dokie. Okay. <laughs> I hope I'm right. Okay, so another thing Tell that's... us in the comments below. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> if I use words wrong or not. Um, <laughs> brain injury is a possibility. Mm. Suggestion. Um, remember that time... In the last episode, or maybe the first episode? I don't remember. I'm so sorry. Um, when he fell off, Henry fell off his horse in yeah. 1536 while jousting. And probably in the first episode, because that was when Anne Boleyn had that miscarriage. Anyways, um, there's theories he had brain damage because he was unconscious for hours. And that's really bad for brains. It's very bad. Um, I've heard know, that one bandied about. Yeah. Could be blood clot, intracranial pressure rose, um... That kind of thing. His frontal lobe could have been squished against the inside of his forehead with all that pressure. And as we know, the frontal lobe is the Important. center of your kind of personality. Um, and, and and that injury wouldn't necessarily impair motor function, but cause, you know, psychological issues. Lethargy, difficulty, concentrating, memory issues, mood swings, even schizophrenia-like symptoms. So... Um, this theory is quite unlikely to be the whole explanation though, because he was showing signs of diminishing mental health before this, but Mm. could it have exacerbated anything going on? Most certainly. Most certainly. Yeah. Um, another theory is that Henry was a narcissist. Like not just you're like, you have a big ego narcissist, but like a clinically mentally ill narcissist. Um, so narcissistic personality disorder might explain, you know, the stubbornness. And the need to be right at all costs, even if he could have gotten what he wanted. Yeah, but if, if he had that, wouldn't he have had that his whole life? Yeah. See, I was I was wondering. So here's the thing. Is it commonly, apparently commonly manifests as an adult. Like as a younger adult. And so it's it's plausible. Like it's like it's other conditions. Like other conditions, it's something that can manifest and then get worse. Like, he, sure. you know, mm. that you Founding can, a religion would probably make your narcissism worse. Right. So yeah. like... Um, yeah. So, you know, narcissists can hide their real nature with their charisma for years, you know, and if, and if it gets worse, your narcissism or something else happens to just make you not want to hide it, not care so much about hiding that kind of thing. Maybe it just started coming out more and more and more anger could have, you know, just made it come out more and more, whatever. Um, if you don't know, narcissistic personality disorder leads to a grandiose feeling of self-importance, which could describe Henry pretty well. Um, Other symptoms are an expectation to be treated favorably at all times. Obsession with fantasies about your own abilities or obsession with fantasies about ideal love. Requiring constant Mm. attention and adoration. Manipulation of others to get what you want. Extreme selfishness and lack of empathy. Um, So it could just be another one of those things where when things were going great, it just wasn't noticed that much. And then as things started to unravel the temper tantrums of a narcissist start coming to the forefront. We may have seen that play out in real life before, if you've ever seen a narcissistic personality in the media or in your life. Um, so yeah, maybe, you know, his wife adored him, the court praised him, and then once that went away, his narcissism really came out. Um, so one story that's often kind of cited by people arguing that Henry was a clinical narcissist is that story... Um, I told about Anna of Cleves, not how dare she not become instantly smitten with him while he was in disguise, you know, and it would explain why her indifference could have enraged him so quickly because it kind of smashed his belief in his like projected persona being so amazing. How, how could she not have, this must be her fault. You know, the the need to be like, this must be your fault. It can't be that my image of myself is wrong. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So. I mean, I bet it would be difficult, though, to try to, like, because, you know, back then, everybody talked up kings. Sure. Definitely. So, like, from a young age, I bet a lot of them might have not, maybe not developed a disorder, but, like, were narcissistic and displayed narcissistic tendencies. Yeah. So So it would be hard to, like, pluck this one guy out of this particular situation. Yeah. And it's also hard to know what's a narcissistic trait and what's, like, a whole clinical diagnosis. Like nature um, versus nurture? We don't, yeah, we don't know what causes it. But one main theory is it's caused in people who have been 
coddled and enabled to the point where they feel, you know, entitled to that level of special treatment forever. Another theory is it's also often presented in people that have uh, too close, too kind of enmeshed of a relationship with one parent and a cold, distant, unloving relationship with the other parent kind of thing. Really? Okay. Oh. Um, which does describe Henry's... Apparently he did have kind of a weird enmeshment with his mother growing up and then his father was not... Nice. Was, a, was a dick. Yeah. Hmm. So, anyways... Yes. People did not like Henry the Seventh by the time he died. <laughs> no. No. True. Nor the Eighth. But, yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yes. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Um, yeah. So, you know, mentally. Or Henry the Sixth, really. Don't name your kids Henry. No. It's a if, bad sign. If you want them to be king. And not be disliked. True. Yes. It's also been convincingly argued on the physical side of things, Henry had osteomyelitis. So osteomyelitis is a bone infection, basically. Ooh, that um, sounds good. Which, in, you know, symptoms are Delicious. bad. Bone pain, extreme swelling, redness, fever, nausea, chills, sweating, all that stuff. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It can last your whole life with if it's not properly treated. Which they would have no chance of properly treating it back Correct. then. Correct. No doubt. Correct. Is the treatment mercury? <laughs> oh, they probably tried lots of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm just picturing like that. You know that uh, more cowbell classic yeah. meme, yes, more cowbell. Feral. I have a fever. But instead of like yeah. more mercury, more mercury. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. king needs more mercury. Yeah. So yeah. So the theory is that Hen- Henry could have got it um, falling off course at some point. Basically, if you hurt a bone, even if you don't break it, it can become infected. Uh, little splinters of bone can break away and start working up through the muscle into the skin, which creates Ooh. Large, painful, oh, oozing leg like ulcers, yeah. which will be disgustingly smelly and, yeah, agonizing. And we do know he had leg ulcers, so they're like, that could be a cause sure. for the leg ulcers. Yeah. Another thing Henry Fun. could have had is called um, myxedema. So it's another word just for severe hypothyroidism. So your body's mm. not making enough thyroid hormone. Yeah. And thyroid hormones are vitally important for your metabolism. So mm-hmm. it could cause some of the physical problems we've known about. Weight gain, constipation, muscle pain, possibly impotence. Um, it can cause mental symptoms. Mm, chronic depression, irritability, mood instability. Um, but he didn't show other signs of myxedema like uh, brittle nails, cold intolerance, slurred speech, or those lovely neck goiter. goiters. Oh, no, fun. I guess the other thing too is that while these things are... are all possible and some of them might be linked to impotence uh we seem to be using them to say why he had these physical characteristics characteristics about him after his 40s but i mean he had trouble having children much younger than that too but impotence wasn't the reason his wife's kept getting pregnant I guess that's true. We know not, he was, not infertility. Yeah, okay. We know he Fair was enough. probably impotent in regards to his sixth wife that he never managed to, right. you know. So we're saying later in life, he was probably impotent. But we do know he didn't have that issue well, later then, in well, life. Then whatever, we, whatever we come up with, it has to be a thing that was almost genetic. Right. Because he would have had it the whole time. Exactly. Mm. That seems reasonable or logical, even. I'm getting I'm getting some physical signs that uh, <laughs> we may be coming up to this very soon. <laughs> yeah, for podcasters out there, we may be spoiling some of Melissa's plans here. You're so just, sorry, you're not spoiling anything. I'm not. If you weren't if you weren't going to talk, then why would I even have you sitting here? If <laughs> I just wanted to talk without being interrupted, then I would not have forced you to join my podcast at the start. Well, and if you and didn't I'm, like me um, spoiling things in your podcast by guessing them ahead of time. Probably wouldn't still be on. <laughs> no, it's not like you do that every single time. You say the thing I'm about to say, or you ask a question about the thing I'm about to say. You're good at that. You can read my mind. Yeah. Um, so, a few more possibilities, and then we're going to get to the likeliest. The one. mic drop. Okay. Okay. So, historian Robert Hutchinson has suggested Henry might have had um, an endocrine disease, a different one, since that's also what hypothyroidism is. Called Cushing's. Hmm. If you've oh. ever watched House, yes. yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard of that because I watched House. <laughs> exactly. Right. I don't remember what it is, but it was definitely a thing in an episode. Well, it's an endocrine disease. Okay. So Henry had some symptoms of Cushing's for sure, like uh, rapid weight gain, particularly in his face and torso, muscle weakness, particularly in hips and shoulders, slower wound healing, fatigue, headache, 
probably impotence. <laughs> it can also cause anxiety, depression, and paranoia. So Cushing's um, is like a like a brain badness. Mm. <laughs> brain badness. <laughs> your brain and your endocrine system, endocrine system are all involved. Is what brain I'm trying no to say. works so good. Yeah. 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 Um, and Cushing's can explain the ulcers on the legs because it can cause hypercalcemia, which is an elevated level of calcium in mm-hmm. the blood. Um, and when you have too much calcium in your blood, it can kill your skin. So skin necrosis. Really? Yikes. Yes. Damn. Hypercalcemia, though, is a pretty rare complication of Cushing's. And it doesn't really explain the fact that his personality changed before the rapid weight gain. So right. Cushing's is True. less likely. It's also possible, people have said, Henry might have had type 2 diabetes. Okay. Um, he yeah. certainly had the biggest, one of the biggest risk factors, which is obesity. Oh, yeah. Um, so here we go. You guessed 22 stone. I think that's, uh, yeah, I was trying to remember what we said. At the time of his death. Henry, do you, do you have a guess, Warren? I have no, I have no idea. At the time of his guess, or death, <laughs> Henry weighed about 28 stone. I got one digits right. So, in not weird measurements, we've got, <laughs> we've got 178 kilograms. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus. For all the uh, American listeners, that is 400 pounds, about. Almost 400 pounds by the time Damn. he died. That's a few. His waist circumference, we can wow. figure out based on the size of his sequential suits of armor throughout his life. Oh, that's handy. So they would have made suits of armor for him at that weight, too? I don't know. I mean, you always got to have some armor around. Over but... 27 years, the waist circumference In of fact, armor. In fact, sorry. Yeah. Didn't he, like, go to France, like, right before he died? So he would have needed armor for that. He did. Sure. Yeah, yeah, okay. he would have needed armor for that. Kind of reminds me of, like, Onion Knight and... Dark Souls. I I don't know. I can't picture. Uh, I mean, maybe three fifty, a three hundred fifty pound man in a suit of arms. Yeah. It would have been quite the sight, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So his waist circumference, twenty inches, or, or increased twenty inches, basically over that twenty seven oh. years. Wow. So it, it ended up at fifty four inches. Okay. Fifty four inch okay. yeah. waist. Okay. Reasonable. Yeah. Fifty four wow. inches. So. Hefty, I think. The thing Happy. is, is that maybe multiple of those things were involved. Probably, sure. There probably is not one thing wrong with you, especially after so you simple. get that fat. Maybe something yeah. else made him fat and then that gave him, like, he got diabetes. Maybe, you know, he was a clinical narcissist and something else. Maybe he hit his head and that made whatever mental condition he was going to have worse. You know, like, yeah. like, there's probably a contribution from other things. Yeah, buy one, get one free. But none of... <laughs> That's how health works. None of those explanations account for his trouble fathering healthy children, except for the syphilis, which we already debunked. Right. We debunked it. But what about syphilis, though? Think think Frederick Chamberlain nailed that one in 1931. Okay, fair enough. I would like to say I I do acknowledge there might not have been any problem with Henry. He could have been super unlucky picking women with rare obstetric issues. Sure. This is obviously... I mean, when you have as many, many kings, one of them's got to be unlucky, right? Yeah, that's true. It's all entirely possible. This is obviously a... I won't say likely possibility, but it's not some kind of far-fetched crazy thing. One thing is that royalty is often a little inbred. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Which makes you uh-huh. not always great at the fertility thing, but then Henry went and married a bunch of kind of common women that didn't have that problem. So, like, I don't mm-hmm. want to... Anyways, we can't know certain things. What if, for example, Mary Boleyn's first two children were actually followed by Henry? After all, she was his mistress earlier. Um, but the counter-argument to that is that mm-hmm. everyone's pretty sure their affair was over long before the children came along. Well, and wouldn't they want to legitimize them if that were the case? Maybe. Similarly, what if Henry had more children illegitimately that we weren't aware of? A counter-argument to this is that surely Henry would have been keen to legitimize any healthy children born to anyone. Are you sure you want me on this podcast? Because I seem to keep spoiling the punchline. (laughs) For sure. You keep saying the things I'm about to say. I swear you you just have this knack every time. Yeah, exactly. It's almost like you guys are married or something. Maybe. Could be like that. Do all married people share a brain like that? Because I don't know. Isn't isn't that 
Isn't that a thing? It must be. I think it's a stereotype. I'm married to my work, so. But I think <laughs> right. we meet the stereotype. Um, any mistress would also have a large incentive to make sure the king tried to recognize her offspring. Indeed. Yeah. So that's probably not something we're missing. Yeah. Because it's just it's just something I want to point out. Because if either of those conditions were true and there was other healthy offspring, it would support the theory that he was just an unlucky dude. Yeah. Right. Um, which would mean any diagnosis does not need to include his fertility problems, right? Okay. So that's the disclaimer to this theory. Sure. But going on the information we have, statistically, the most likely thing is a diagnosis should include physical health, mental health, reproductive health. Makes sense. Okay. And as I was saying earlier, there is some misogyny at play through history, shockingly. Wow, strange. Um, okay. I know I've you're never all heard of that clutching your pearls and gasping, but um, the reason most of the theories about his health don't take into account his trouble fathering children is that uh, it's the woman's fault. Indeed. Obviously. People are quite aware a man can be infertile, like, you know, can't get a woman pregnant, but no one really at the time, and still few people to this day, are aware that a father's sperm, like what genetic information is in that sperm, does have the ability to affect the pregnancy even after successful conception. Yeah, sperm count's a thing, right? It's not about the sperm count. because no. well, I mean, that is thing. a thing, right? It, it is, is a, a thing, thing, yeah. But mm-hmm. that's a conception issue. Well, I was going to say, like, uh, it reminds me of the... You, this is topical a little bit, but uh, you're at Tucker Carlson? Got, <laughs> got canned out of Fox? Yes. You hear he, he was into... Uh, Red light tan in your balls, increase your sperm count. Yeah, yep. you didn't you didn't see that that video he made, the end of man. No, yeah, that that is that video. Oh, that was like last year. I laughed about it for so long last year. I watched that thing over. It's and still over. very funny. I it's laughed very so hard. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyways, back to this anyways, topic. Men are over. So <laughs> men are over. <laughs> well, according to Tucker Carlson, <laughs> yeah. If you can believe what he's, <laughs> I can't. And if I can't you can't trust Tucker Carlson, who can you trust? Can't say with probably face. no one. Yeah. Um. So. Here's the thing about miscarriages. Why do women miscarriage or miscarry so often? I said before, it's like 50% of initial fertilizations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, if a fetus is incompatible with life, the body, the fetus itself, it just, it just aborts. Abort plan. Incompatible with life. Wow, yeah. that's quite the term phrase. Yeah. I like that. So it doesn't get that way just from the egg alone, okay? Mm-hmm. okay. So whatever's in the sperm can make it incompatible with life, okay? This is a long-winded explanation of just me trying to say that people just assume that if there's conception, anything after that is about the woman's uterus. Right. Mm, And that is not always the case. I see. Okay. Yeah. So. That's a good point. It's one of those things where it's like it makes total sense once it gets explained to you, but until it gets explained to you, you you just don't think about it. Yeah. Women's health is not well known by a lot of men. In general? Yes. Yes. Correct. See, see my comments approximately even, even 30 male. minutes ago. <laughs> right. Even male gynecologists and obstetricians don't always know what they're talking Well, even female. <laughs> Anyways, let's. I don't want to go on a rant about feminism right now, so let's talk about the theory. So it's quite possible. Henry VIII had what's called Kel-positive blood. Hmm. Oh. Hmm. And that would ultimately explain every one of his issues. And but okay. not... I mean... I was just saying, if there's things in his blood, you know, you might have the force or something like that. But oh, mini chlorians. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but Kel positive is not the same. Chlorian positive. No. No. Okay. Fine. High mini chlorian count. That means you're good with the force. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So this theory was first suggested in 2010 by a medical anthropologist and author Kyra Cornelius Kramer. Medical anthropologist. Nice. Yep. Love That's it. a cool title, isn't it? It is. I took a medical anthropology class in my anthropology minor. Mm-hmm. Oh, how was that? Very interesting. Nice. Um, oh, shit. And a bioarchaeologist and paleopathologist called Dr. Katrina Banks Whitley. Shockingly, it was two women that put forth this theory that it maybe wasn't always the woman's <laughs> fault. Yeah. Good for them. <laughs> so they published yeah. a paper titled "A New Explanation of the Reproductive Woes and Midlife Decline of Henry VIII." Mm-hmm. In 2012, Kyra Kramer expanded on this theory in her book "Blood Will Tell: A Medical Explanation of the Tyranny of Henry VIII," and this is the book I used as my main reference text, and it is really good. I uh, highly recommend it. 
obviously it has a lot more than what I'm going to tell you. So sure. if you're interested, check it out. Well, you mean you're not going to summarize an entire book in approximately 20 minutes? No, I'm not going to attempt to do that. Okay. Yeah. Wow, I'm disappointed. Yeah, wow. I guess I should just walk up and leave right now. I don't know if Kara Kramer would be super happy if I just like read her book on my podcast. Well, they get it in in 20 minutes. You'd have to read it pretty fast. I don't think nobody would understand. So it might work out Oh, okay. so there'd be no issues. I yeah. See. I see. Yeah. Um, okay. So what does it mean to have Kel positive blood? Let's find out. That is the question. I'm guessing you have Kells. Mm. And no force. And not negative Kells. So it's really similar. Do you know your blood type? No. You know your blood type. Because it's the same blood type as my blood type. True. Oh. Also because (laughs) that's how I can, you know, forecast what she's about to say. Nice. Which means our children obviously have the same blood type too. So um, we're O positive. Mm -hmm. And what does the positive mean? That your no, you don't know. Okay, I don't remember the terms. Okay, but yeah, um, it's about the recess antigen, the Rh, Rh positive. Yeah. Okay, Kel positive just means you have a Kel antigen on the surface of your red blood cells, just like Rh positive would mean you have the Rh antigen on your red blood cells. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, studies of Henry Henry's family tree have led to this theory that Henry inherited the Kel allele from his mother's side, and it originated they think, in Jaquetta Bedford, who is Henry's maternal great-grandmother. How would they know where it originated from? How about we find out? No, you'll not oh. find out. I oh. read it, and I understand it, and it's pretty complicated. It's, it's like taking everything in the family tree, mm-hmm. who had kids, which males had problems. Oh, it, it's, it's a whole breakdown of, of a whole bunch of people's reproductive histories. And when did they start? When did this kind of presentation mm-hmm. of some of the sons of this family are starting to have issues sometimes? Mm-hmm. Wh- where okay. can we trace it back to? Well, that That's the very simplest and most general explanation. Sure. Yeah. Now, if I recall his family tree, if you go back through certain branches through his mother, you eventually mm-hmm. get back to Edward III. Oh, oh, well, like, they were all related to Edward III, weren't they? Well, I mean, We've talked about in this podcast the number of people that yes, are, and he was... but, like, that doesn't mean that that one person who this originated from was also related to Edward III. Um, so that would have been my next question. Mm. I am not sure. I did, I do remember looking at his tree where, Jaqu- where Jaquetta Bedford uh, was, but that was a few weeks ago, so I'm not uh, confident in where she exactly... Interesting. We can look that up after if you want to, to look at it. Um, so... Often, being cow positive is not going to cause any problems. Okay. It's like, again, like the RH factor. Just like in your everyday life, it's not going to hurt you. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it can have a an impact on reproduction when you have a mismatch in the father and mother in mm-hmm. their positive and negative status. Mm. So. So they're not like magnets then. <laughs> no, you, you, want, you want two of the same. I see. Not um, opposites attract. I see. So like... If the mother... So, Cal negative is much more common. Okay. Okay. So, it, you're, if you're positive, you're going to likely find yourself a lot of mismatches. Um, so, if a Cal negative woman were to conceive a baby with a Cal negative man, the first time, she's going to experience Cal sensitization. So, it's like her body is becoming allergic to that antigen. Her body has never seen... An antigen is just protein. Wait, wait, hold on. Well, yeah, you, you said, said Cal negative and Cal negative. Did you mean Cal negative and Cal positive? I did. I'm sorry. So yeah, if the okay. woman, if All the right. woman was negative and and the, the man was positive. Okay. Right. Right. So okay. like, if this is Henry VIII and sure. his wives, yes. The first time, she's gonna start to get sensitized. So, um, so because the the baby will have that positive. Okay. So her body okay. is now having that inside of it. Oh. And that protein is something her body doesn't recognize because it's not on her blood cells. Right, right. So if your body finds an antigen, a protein it's not familiar with, what is it going to do? Attack it. Yeah. Right. So the first time, it's not going to attack it yet because it doesn't have the okay. antibodies made. It's got a, it's got a strategy. So sensitization mm-hmm. is just yeah. like getting a vaccine. Sensitization is the part where your body's like, oh, this is a new thing. I should start learning how to make an antibody for this. Okay. Right. So just like with the RH mismatched pregnancies, the first pregnancy is going to be fine, probably. Okay. Subsequent pregnancies where the fetus is carrying that positive antigen, 
Uh-huh. It's going to start attacking. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. So, if mother and father are both positive, no issues. But that would be rare because the Cal antigen is going to only occur in about 9% of Caucasian people. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Which, so, unless I was extremely surprised, the things yeah. in England were generally. Which is why I looked up the stat for Caucasian people and not just all peoples. Okay. This makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense, yes. I mean, you know, the king of England, isn't that like the archetype of Caucasian? No, he's not from the Caucasus. Yeah, I was going to say probably kings of Georgia. Oh, fair enough. Okay. Caucasian's a dumb term. By the way, did you know that Georgia was the first Christian nation in the world? I did, but I think you told me that a couple yeah, weeks ago. Say, I, I do believe that you're <laughs> I the definitely one. didn't say that a couple weeks ago, but I might have said that to you at some point. At some yeah. point in history, yeah. yes. Um, okay, so what happens when a Cal-sensitized, Cal-negative woman then conceives a fetus, which is Cal-positive? I'll talk about this later, but to be clear, they don't have to... It's not like all the babies have to be positive just because the dad is positive. Okay. okay. It can be positive or negative. What happens when it's positive? Well, anti-Cal anti-cal is a condition in which the antibodies in the pregnant woman's blood are going to cross the placenta and destroy the fetus's red blood cells because they have that antigen on them that it doesn't recognize and i'm assuming that the fetus can't survive without red blood cells or something like that well i hear those are important red blood cells are going to carry oxygen to you know the organs um it's gonna it's gonna do some important things for you yeah so if the mother's cal antibodies are destroying the red blood cells it's going to cause the baby to become anemic cause vital organs to die most often the fetus will die right some other times it'll just be born really sick and die in a month okay oh that seemed to have happened this is starting to sound familiar so a cal negative woman whose partner is cal positive is going to likely experience repeated late term miscarriage stillbirth and newborns who die quickly after birth Mm. does that sound familiar it does yes so it is important to note the Cal positive allele is dominant over the Cal negative allele. Oh, it is. Hmm. Meaning you only need one copy to have the trait right. of expressing those antigens on your red blood cells. So Henry would likely have had a negative and a positive or... At least one. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. He probably doesn't have two positives. And the reason we say this is because he maybe we think had a possibility of fathering children who were still negative yeah Mm -hmm. and then surviving which could explain how mary survived even though she was not katharina's firstborn child yeah and could that also like like I, I, i might be jumping ahead again but like mary also was not good at having kids but that also could have been because she was married to the king of Spain, who was usually in Spain. <laughs> oh, like lack of conception. Yes. <laughs> Fair enough. It's kind of hard to get pregnant when you're in England and he's in Spain. Really? Yeah. I don't think oh, that. I don't think that that could be the the case because, um, like I said, it's dominant. So you can't just have one copy and not have it affect you. Like you either have no copies. When you have no possibility of having that issue. Yeah. Or you have it. And you would have been dead. Because you're a fetus that would have been attacked Wait, later. wait. But does like... If the woman is positive, but the man is negative, You'd... does the same shit still happen? Uh, no. Because her body recognizes the positive. Like, she doesn't have antibodies uh... against the positive. Yeah. It's a, it's a recognized allele. It's only an issue... The other way around. Good question. Okay. Good question. So then that wouldn't explain that. No. No. Okay. Good. She also died early, so she just had health issues. She died pretty early. I don't remember. Didn't she die like in her late 30s or early 40s? Like still pretty early. I don't know if that was early back then, but okay. It was. It was. The whole thing about people not living as long is dumb. People live to their 60s usually. It was just the lots of child mortality brought the average down, but averages don't explain the usual. Once you live past the age of five, you're likely to live to your, you know, 50s and 60s. But then again, sweating sweating sickness was pretty bad right then. They were having a lot of There's lots of dysentery that would kill you back then. This isn't the Oregon Trail, though. I'm just saying that stat is misleading. Because you die of dysentery on the Oregon Trail. That's a big trope. That's a meme. Not Oregon. 
Oregon and Oregon are different oh, things. No, I mean, oh, I thought he said Oregon. Okay. Oregon. I thought you said Oregon. Oh, no, didn't mean to say Oregon. Because that's also that. a game that somebody made. Really? Yeah. Fun. Oh, I did not know that. I think that one has zombies in it, surprisingly. Sure. Anyways. We're a little where off were track. we? <laughs> I don't remember where we were at. I was going to say Katharina okay. had at least six, if not eight pregnancies in nine years, with only perhaps two of her children being born healthy because... Two is, two is being a little generous, assuming that first boy died of one of the other million of millions of things babies could die of in the right. Tudor time period, and not because his organs slowly wasted away. And, yeah. You know. um, the pregnancies of Anne Boleyn are kind of a textbook example of Kell incompatibility. Healthy first pregnancy, then multiple miscarriages and neonatal deaths. And Bessie Blunt had a healthy first child with Henry. And you would think, after all the desperation disappointment, that he would have tried to keep having kids with her, knowing she had a healthy kid. Yeah. And that never happened, so who knows if he kept trying or if... They just kept dying? Yeah. Oh, that rhymes. But... Did he keep trying or did they keep dying? (laughs) But we do know Bessie Blunt went on to have many children with her husband. So she didn't have any issues having kids with a different partner. Yeah. Mm. Similarly... Mary Boleyn obviously never had children with the king if we go with our earlier assumptions, but was later able to have kids with her husband. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So, that might explain Henry's lack of an heir. But then what about being cow positive explains Henry's health? Because like I yeah. said, just having this antigen in your, in your everyday life shouldn't bother you. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't. But there is this rare blood antigen linked illness okay. called... McLeod neuroacanthocytosis syndrome. Oh, mm, nice. really rolls off the tongue. We're yeah. going to call it McLeod. Okay. Because I don't want to say neuroacanthocytosis, even though I think I did a good job. You did a great job. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Um, you can get this condition only if you have a Cal positive blood group. Okay. So it's not well known except to specialists in the field to this day. Okay. I mean, who knows what a Cal is even? Yeah. Uh, the person. Probably nobody. The person who named the Kel? Uh, the thing. I'm guessing. It's yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's the McLeod guy. He, they probably know. Yeah. Whoever they are. McLeod. Yeah. Also named things after himself. If you discovered something that was terrible, would you want to name it after yourself? Uh, that's a good. Depends question. how terrible. Right. Yeah. If it's only a little bit terrible, yeah. But if it's like really terrible, then I'll probably name it after the other guy. If it killed King yeah. Henry the Eighth. <laughs> yeah. I mean. <laughs> That wasn't such a big deal. I would I would take that one. I would take that one. Okay. So McLeod is syndrome is caused by a bunch of mutations, a constellation, if you will, in the I will XK gene on the X chromosome. So okay. this gene, I'm not gonna. It's it's very complicated. Let's just say I'm gonna say some general things. The okay, gene is please. responsible for producing the XK protein, okay. which is a supportive protein for the Kell antigen. We okay. think. It is a transport protein. We think that's what XK does. But we don't really know for sure what it does. We know about this stuff, but we don't know why it happens yet. We're still okay. we're still unknown. Can we I... just know the absence of this XK protein causes McLeod, and you can, you know, it's linked to the Cal antigen. Okay. McLeod phenotype, it's recessive. Meaning... Meaning, if you just had one healthy gene to make up for your sick gene, you're okay. Right. Right. But it's on the X chromosome. Okay. You men only have one of those. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Yeah. So, because it's on it's a the... personal failure. <laughs> Why? I could have oh, tried Oh, God. That. <laughs> I read that was the worst joke. Yeah. Well, that's oh, okay. oh, I didn't even... <laughs> yeah. He does that. Nice. Slips him in there. Slips him in there. Nice. Uh-huh, Good indeed. Stuff. Your terrible Y chromosome doesn't give you the chance to escape from conditions the way females can. Right. So, the defective gene, if you've got it, you got it. Mm-hmm. You have no healthy X. Mm-hmm. So, you have the condition becoming extremely prevalent in men compared to women. Makes sense. All right. Yeah. All right. Yes. So, it's an X-linked trait. That's what, we, that's what we call it, yeah. So, since it's X-linked and recessive... We know that Henry's daughters both would have had a copy of sure. this. Yeah. Right, right. Because males necessarily give their X chromosome to their daughters and their Y chromosome to their sons, yes? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So Henry passed, if this is what he had, passed on a defective X chromosome 
on to both of them. Right. And Edward. Maybe. No, he no. would have given him a Y. Give him a Y. So sons. I don't actually know how this works. I better stop interrupting. Genetics. You. Genetics are. That's okay. I know how it works. Um, so the female children of Henry, though, also had an ex from their mother. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So they only would have developed McLeod if their mother also had an affected X chromosome, but didn't actually have the condition. Correct. Mm-hmm. It's a, such a rare mutation. The chances are like. Very small. Nothing. Yeah. I did write right here, Henry's son Edward would have received a Y chromosome from his father, so he also escaped that particular genetic gift from his dad. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So, McLeod syndrome has physical and mental symptoms. Okay. It always, almost always, starts when a person's in their 40s. Oh. Continues to get worse with age. Uh Uh-huh. It affects the brain, the blood, the peripheral nerves, muscles, and the heart. It can cause peripheral neuropathy, which is just like nerve damage in your periphery. Okay. Um, cardiomyopathy, heart disease, yep. heart illness. Mm-hmm. Um, hemolytic anemia, so mm-hmm. abnormal breakdown of your red blood cells. Mm-hmm. Um, other physical symptoms like involuntary limb movements, facial tics, muscle weaknesses, muscle degeneration. Mm. All fun things. Yeah. So males that are affected show worse symptoms than female sufferers usually um in severe cases of mcleod syndrome because they're not all severe you can get it and be a little sick okay but in a severe, mild cloud yeah. yeah in severe cases the patient will usually die of a heart-related disease oh and since everyone's like why did henry just suddenly die in his sleep that's a possibility possibility um so obviously this is uh this is hard to prove sure oh yeah Historical records... I mean, you would, uh, like, need to have his blood for that, you right? You would probably need to get his DNA. Hmm. You don't need his blood. You just need DNA. Hmm. Right? Do they not have his DNA somewhere? I think they do. But uh, you also need to run But if you're writing a book, tests. you probably wouldn't have access to it. Well, it's probably hard to get at. I was going to say, a king's DNA from way back when? It's probably 500 real. years ago. What I would say is yeah. it's yeah. it's probably possible to have dna like it's so old what Mm -hmm. deterioration has happened what's still viable i do think there are things that they think might have his data but you know what i mean like it's a lot of money and a lot of work to get it and and if you don't have a very good yeah you probably need to have connections are are, are they gonna let you exhume the body of a of a king oh it wouldn't be by exhuming his body i'm sure they have stuff that's oh okay well maybe they don't maybe they'd have to cut into a bone or do you get tooth dna from bones tooth pulp You'd have to... There's so many new techniques. It is so exciting. Oh. There are things you can do. But that Hell, doesn't mean it's not dear materials. I don't know the answer to that hmm. question. They lost a lot of people's bodies. Oh. Yeah. That's a good Didn't thing they to find do. like one in a parking lot? Yeah. Like well, not in. Charles... Maybe? Like just one sitting there? When, when they were like, was it when they were digging up a parking lot or when they were digging Probably. down to make a new parking lot? I forget. But I, so I read something about I that too. I think the Yeah. Um... Yeah, so the other problem is without, you know, DNA, we can't prove it, prove it. But also, like, what symptoms did they not record? Because it was just sure. a thing that happened to people back then. Or what mm-hmm. what terminology did they use? They used to yeah. call things, like, all sorts of things that we don't know what they were talking about. We're like, did that yeah, word mean this enough. thing? Or um, I mean, just read Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't know if Shakespeare was exactly, like, an accurate representation of how people spoke every day, but... Definitely not. And also, not, still impossible to understand. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. That's why you have to get those ones that have, like, the real Shakespeare on one side and the, like, this is yeah, what exactly. on the other yeah. side. Yeah. That is the only way I read those plays. They were kind of interesting once you did that. Um, the other point to make is that Henry turned 40 in 1531. He, he did. Madison sucked hard. Mm. Mm, yes. Henry was real fat. Didn't get enough exercise. Yeah. Ate real bad. Uh-huh. Like I said earlier, it's real hard to separate other chronic illness, other things he could have had, malnutrition, from what might have been going on in his genetics. Indeed. Um, For instance, I mean, it's well known he had more and more trouble walking as he got older. He had, quote, the worst legs in the world. (laughs) Who said that? Who said that? Was that, was that the Venetian ambassador again, like, doing a real 
90 degree turn. Yeah. 90. I, I guess it would be a little bit. <laughs> yeah. 90 would be a little. Get out of the way with a, with a 90. Yeah, 90 would um, probably be like he had pretty bad legs, but not like the worst. The I don't world. know if it was him or his doctor, but it was someone like real close to Henry or him. I think he might have said that about himself. He was complaining. Really? He complained a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. I'm, not that he didn't deserve it if he had smelly, disgusting, painful leg ulcers, but he complained a lot. He was often wheeled around in a traveling chair. Oh, so, you know, wheelchair. Classy. Um, McLeod syndrome causes muscle weakness, nerve deterioration, especially in the lower limbs. But could it have also been his extreme weight gain? Yeah. Painful leg ulcers, osteomyelitis. All could explain the leg things as well, right? Yeah. Diabetes. Like, so to make things more complicated, you know, it's really normal for McLeod syndrome patients to have a huge range of different symptoms, severity of their symptoms. Um, and I mean, it must be tough, right? Because, like, if this is as rare as you're saying, like, you might, you probably don't have the opportunity to have a lot of data. Right. No. And exactly. so you're like, what, what is, what is the McLeod causing here in your life, you weirdo that has this McLeod thing? And what is the, what is the actual McLeod thing causing? Like, right. Yeah. Th- this yeah. is why it's hard. Um, but so far, we haven't cracked the third element of our tree, the mm. psychological Correct. side of things. Oh, wow. Um, I did say that it had psychological symptoms. McLeod's symptoms are cognitive impairment, diminishing memory and executive functioning, paranoia, impulsive and disinhibited behavior, irrationality, oh. schizophrenia-like behaviors. People that have McLeod may also develop psychiatric disorders like depression, bipolar, psychosis, or OCD. Um, so, the king turns 40. His behavior and mental stability begin to deteriorate shortly after. And if he had McLeod, it would explain why he, like, all of a sudden just started being a jerk to his wife. Because he was pretty nice to her. And then all of a sudden, he was really cruel to her, specifically. To Katharina. He was really... He really... I mean, he banished her. Wouldn't let her see her daughter before she died. Just for no real reason, you know. Um, There are a lot of things he didn't have to do to her. (laughs) And, And largely, his cruelty was combined to her. And then... Outward from there. Right. Right. Get, yeah, well you gotta practice first, right? Yeah. yeah. You can't just start being a dick. You gotta like you gotta like get good at it. Get some reps in. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like yeah. when he was younger, Henry tried everything he could to avoid executing people. Even people that everyone was like, You probably should execute this dude. He's really plotting against you. He is telling everyone he's gonna take the throne, like, yeah. you should do this. And Henry would be like, Oh, but what if I do this punishment or what if I pardon him? Like he was pretty lenient. Um and, and then, after 1535, he was impulsive and vindictive and just... The body started piling up. Exactly. Yeah. And he acted like someone trying to actively ruin his own reputation. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, even though earlier in his life, he seemed to be such a stickler for maintaining his reputation. Um, that sudden kind of disregard for the public opinion... Seemed to be as big of a, as radical of a departure from anything. Um, just like the executions were. Yeah, indeed. So, um, the other thing is people think that if this is the true, well, a possible theory, it could really be, not proved, supported by his behavior towards Anne Boleyn. Because when he first met her and first was with her, it was before he was starting to develop this condition and show symptoms. Correct. Oh, yeah. And then in the latter half of the relationship, he kind of had it more and more. So it was like a, a tale of two halves in his relationship. And that is kind of what you see with Anne Boleyn because he really was into her, huh? Like he was really yeah. infatuated. He, you know, lavished her with presents. He pestered everyone to accept her as queen, even when, again, it destroyed his reputation and her reputation. Um, all these things. And then... He even seemed kind of devoted to her and then just snapped. And three weeks later, she's beheaded, right? Like, yeah. it was it was a crazily impulsive type quick, of thing. Quick decline. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, through all of that, everyone's obviously free to draw their own conclusions. Sure. I am not the conclusion police. Um, <laughs> I, do, I do think... That would be a good title, though. Yeah. Talking about lower thirds. <laughs> conclusion police. Co- yeah. I don't want to be a police, though. Um, A police. Conclusion detective? (laughs) Conclusion private eye. Okay, okay. I'll take it. Um, But my opinion has been... uh, I've been convinced 
pretty thoroughly that this is the likeliest possibility of the ones that we've talked about. Sure. I do think that we can't be as sure as maybe the book I read wants them to be, you know... I, I'm, I'm a cynic. Books are always trying to push agendas. Exactly. Yeah. Why even write Just it look if at you the don't Bible. want to be right? Oh. <laughs> that was a book. That was a book. The, yeah. the best-selling book ever, in fact. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Exactly. I keep, I keep trying. I don't want to like, wade into some sticky matters that are making people... I mean, I don't, podcast, I don't, I don't but, care. I'm just making um, a joke. Oh, I know. Come up with your own conclusions about the Bible. I'm also not the conclusion police. No. Or even a private eye. <laughs> oh, okay. Got it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so what I'm trying to say is we're obviously not going to know the actual true thing. So if we're never going to know the true thing, unless someone actually does genetic testing, then I'm going to go with this theory that Henry VIII was Cal positive with a rare presenting antigen linked McLeod syndrome. Very good. Um, as I said earlier, the book blood will tell by Kyra Kramer is in much more detail than this and will convince you more than me, though you might doubt the certainty of their conclusions. As I did. Uh, yeah, they're very convincing. And there's a lot of interesting small details. Cool. I highly I mean, recommend it's it. Like, it's like, even if it's, you know, not quite the, uh, you, like, you don't need the physical or the mental symptoms from it. Like, you know, it could have been one of the hundred, well, not hundred, but, you know, one of the dozen of other things that you pointed out. Yeah. The fertility aspect is, is rather, is rather... Fitting. Fitting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's because it's, so well. it's hard to figure out what exactly the reason was there without that kind of an explanation. And that's why medical anthropology is cool. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, thank you to Warren. I want to say thank our guest for being here for three whole episodes in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was great. I look forward to the next time that you talk about European history. I mean, if you want Warren to do his own episode about European history, you could send us some emails sure. trying to convince and or And then invent a new day him. of the week so I can, I can get it done. That's right. Maybe, I think I know your boss. I could maybe say, <laughs> stop making Warren work so much. He has a podcast episode to write. Uh, possibly. I don't know. But <laughs> we'll have you, to see. If you want to send us an email yeah. cajoling Warren into into doing this, uh, our email is teach me something for that's the number, not the word, at gmail.com. Because apparently teach me something one, two, and three are taken by someone else. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, next Presumably. episode. Next episode. Or they just don't like you. So they wouldn't give you it. Yeah, they're like, you can't have this one. Yeah. So gmail, gmail doesn't like me? Yeah, Google. Yeah, what did you do to Google? Nothing they would have noticed. (laughs) (laughs) Next episode is about totem poles. Very cool. I just started writing it. I'm going to learn something about totem poles, and I will tell you the things I learned. Cool. Good idea. All right. So thank you so much, listeners, again, for uh, being here for this episode of Teach Me Something. And thank you for having me. (laughs) Once again, I am Melissa. And I'm Everett. And I'm Warren. Hmm, Yes. And I hope you learned something new. Mm -hmm.